Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Conversations Against Living Miserably, a podcast that tries to find solace in a world where our minds are usually against us. My name is Aaron Gillis, and each week I'll be joined by... Me, Lauren Patterson. Each episode, we speak to a different guest and talk about their stories, their experiences and their lives as they fight against living miserably. But we'll try to have a laugh with it because on the surface, that sounds like a pretty fucking bleak idea for a podcast. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Dave, the TV channel, and Calm, the campaign against living miserably. In this episode, we speak to Cariad Lloyd, a comedian, actress, writer, podcaster. Basically, she can do anything and everything. Cariad has appeared on Would I Lie to You, QI, Have I Got News for You, and hosts the award-winning podcast Griefcast. Today, we speak to Cariad about grief. Obviously, I mean, she does a whole podcast on it. We weren't going to avoid that one, were we? Anxiety and dipping your toes in the ocean. But that's enough of my voice for now. Let's do this thing. Hello, welcome. Today we are joined by the magnificent. I'm going to start that again. This is why. This is why I don't start. I had a little Aaron moment where I couldn't get my words out. Oh, I see. Thanks for that, man. That's what's known as Aaron. Yeah. Wonder no, your anxiety. It's because you always score. Oh, oh, I'm just going to do that again. Yep, oh, on. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, tell this sorry. Tell this sorry. I feel like it should just be the intro or just five minutes of apologising. Uh, hello. Uh, oh, for God's sake, I'm in my head now. This is definitely now the intro, you know that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is it. This is it. You can't it's like when down. we spent like three minutes working out with hello wasn't appropriate intro. Wait. It's like, well, it is the designated way to... 
to kick things off. Ruining the mystery of the podcast yeah. now. Bienvenue. Right. Welcome. <laughs> Third time lucky? Yep. Hello. Hi. We are joined today by the magnificent Carrie Adlai. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> that took me three attempts, man. <laughs> Bienvenue. Bienvenue, Bolida. Hello. Guten Tag. Hey, hey. That's it. It's like when someone says, think of a different way to say hello without saying hello. It's like, mm. You're right. Yeah, morning. morning. It's starting. <laughs> Listen up. Begin the talking. Yeah. Oh, first question that we always kick things off with is, when was the last time you felt calm? <laughs> she laughs as only someone with anxiety can. <laughs> um, do you know what? As I was just saying before, I fell asleep in a cab on the way here. Um, I hate saying I get cabs. It makes me anxious. It makes me feel like people think, oh, someone's doing well. <laughs> it's not. It's not it was the only way I could get here. Um, and that actually, genuinely, I felt calm today because a uh, good point in the cycle hormonally everything's mm-hmm. feeling better sunny always feel better when it's sunny um managed to do some big scary things so like if you have anxiety you can kind of be like oh okay all mm-hmm. the big red lights are slightly off so yeah i think it was falling asleep in a taxi on the way here <laughs> which is very rare for me to fall asleep normally i think don't fall asleep you can't too much to do and i thought you know what also the taxi was a little bit too hot mm, <laughs> a little bit too hot so that was that that was it but that is very unusual for me i'm not a calm person at all i was gonna say when was the last time before that oh i don't know <laughs> i honestly couldn't tell you probably last august <laughs> genuinely yeah like you caught me on a good day mm. I, did, I was thinking about the cab I was like oh I'm feeling much better today um, probably last August when I was on holiday and I went to the sea I'm much better when I'm by the sea and on my birthday and when I say holiday I mean the Isle of Wight um, <laughs> we went to the seaside and I went in the sea and I, fu- I fundamentally am better if I've been in the seawater mm-hmm. so weird but like I came out and I was like oh that's like 25 therapy sessions why do I not do that more so that was really nice there's something about a British beach oh, I think so like if you nice. gave me the choice between like a tropical beach or like a beach in the northeast on the coast I'd pick that I would pick the time. tropical beach would I would you? yeah I would yeah I think i go tropical beach <laughs> as if well it's, if it's there I'll, yeah. I'll take any sea my rule with the sea is wherever you are mm-hmm. you have to go and dip your feet in yeah 100% and I was once with a group of people who refused they were mm. like oh no well let's let's just get back to London no. And I got really upset. I was like, "You have, if you have to just shoes and socks, paddle, mm-hmm. then back in the car and drive wherever, you- and draw something in the sand draw with your in finger, the sand, mm-hmm. go and look at it at least, yep. at least. If, I mean, if it's pissing down, freezing, okay, but you have to at least look at it, dip your fingers in. Yeah, I get upset. Mm. If it's there, if it's there, yeah. no. Why would you not do it? Why would you not do it? <laughs> yeah, one of them still brings it up that I've not got over it that she wouldn't get in the water. Anyway, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not a calm person at all. Because when I stop, I find that's when my anxiety gets quite bad. If it's like, oh, I've got nothing to do. Why have I got nothing to do? What, what's <laughs> what happening with the world? Have I forgot something? <laughs> God, you never do anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's quite nice. I find, well, I find actually in comedy as well, people who have anxiety tend to be like, work a lot mm-hmm. workaholics <laughs> yeah because it's like and then I don't think <laughs> look how busy I am yeah. I do so many things guys <laughs> and none of them are thinking yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's all distraction isn't it's it it's so like, distracting yeah yeah. because yeah. I do the same thing I have about six projects going on at any oh, one time yeah, yeah. and then I wonder why I'm so stressed and tired <laughs> yeah. all the time yeah. but then the moment I stop I just get like you say worse because the guilt and the kind yeah. of anxiety I must be doing something I must have failed or forgotten to do something if yeah. I have any time that was a big change for me with my anxiety sorry you haven't asked me a question I've just gone off on one no love uh, it um, my therapist said um, 
finally got you know people have said things to you they say the same thing you don't you just don't hear it and she finally i heard her say like anxiety isn't it isn't an emotion it's an avoidance of something and when i finally heard that properly i was like oh because you think no i'm feeling bad i feel anxious i feel anxious rather than like oh no i'm avoiding feeling sad or depressed or you know vulnerable and so i'm choosing the anxiety and then I was like, oh, like I choose the work to keep me busy, to keep me distracted from feeling the very simple thing, which is like, oh, I might feel sad. And that's actually what it is. But I was like, um, yeah, I found that really, you know, when you finally hear it, I was like, oh, that does make sense. Yeah. That is what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, therapist. <laughs> when yes. was the first time that you become aware? Are you be- I'm going to start that again. See? <laughs> See? See? I wasn't it in the face. <laughs> When was the first time you became aware of mental health being a thing, be it positive or negative? Oh, within me or society? Both. <laughs> um, I don't know really. I definitely know that um, when I was at school, nobody used to phrase like I'm of a certain age that when I was at school, no one said depression or anxiety. So you would talk a lot about like my generation <laughs> of girls. It was like eating disorders. But it was never, yeah, the phrase mental health wasn't really used. And so, yeah, to explain, my dad died when I was 15. And, you know, so I was at school when this was happening. And nobody ever said anything like, oh, this, you know, it was never used in that, like, oh, this might affect your mental health. It was always like, our dad's died, like, fact. So she's sad. Mm. Fact. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, well, that will affect how she feels about the world or anything like that at all. I mean, not to me, other people, I'm sure were being told the information I just feel like in the last five six years it's obviously like you just heard that phrase more and we're like oh mental health and mm. mental health um whereas I'm from that like and it makes me sound so old but you know it used to be like oh they went crazy they yeah. had a breakdown they had a breakdown was as much as you said his wife left him he had a breakdown that was like <laughs> oh he's crazy isn't he he's not coming to the party <laughs> like that sort of was like that was it there wasn't like oh well I wonder what happened and how he is and is he having counselling well I don't know he's crazy isn't he so he's not coming here yeah um, so you were put in a box almost like yeah, that's, it was that's just, you yeah and there was like no un- it wasn't much understanding of it it was just like and especially I mean obviously my big passionate project is grief <laughs> and there was no understanding of the link between grief and mental health Um, because the part of your brain that lights up when you're grieving is the same part of your brain that lights up when you're depressed mm. And I didn't find that out for years. Mm-hmm. Like, And then when people would talk about depression, I would feel like, oh, I feel like I know what that is. Mm. And then when I found out that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's how grieving feels. It feels like there's no point to anything. But obviously, grief is not a mental health issue. And it's very different to depression because you can be like, oh, here is the reason I feel sad. This person is dead. But they are very connected. And depression and anxiety often come out of grieving as well. So, yeah, I'd only say, again, like most people, pretty recently that mm. that became something you said without someone being like why are you bringing up your like doctor's things <laughs> when we're just talking and when did when you were going kind of grieving was there anything that helped you through that process or was it just something that kind of you just rode the wave of it until you got out of it um well i would say <laughs> one of my uh, other uh, beefs is to talk about how you don't get out of it yeah so um grief is not the sort of the uh, the past understanding used to be that you there was these five stages and you just had to tick them off um and then yeah, congratulations yeah. yeah you know like as if you could do like five Edinburgh festivals and now it's a radio four show congratulations <laughs> um that's a comedy joke for people in YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so now what it's seen as is that um 
it's completely different visual diagrams basically that uh grief is like this sort of big squiggly mess that lives in you and your life grows around it but it doesn't go away it stays within you all the times and it can blur and it can get softer but it is very anything can happen that causes that big squiggle to come back into your life as if you were still grieving so um once again like depression yeah yeah exactly like depression yeah and um so we're trying on the grief class we try and sort of get rid of those phrases of like get through it or felt better like because you you just learn to live with it Mm -hmm. like a mental health problem um so yeah in terms of what helped me i think um the biggest thing that helped me was finally talking about it i decided to talk about it on a podcast on a weekly basis <laughs> now not everyone has to do that that's fine <laughs> you can just talk to your friends but so yeah my dad died when I was 15 and I didn't seek any help at all until uh, about 18 years after he died so which is quite common when it comes to bereavement as a teenager um, or a bereavement as a child or a teenager because you you're just you're processing so much life that it normally takes you to get to your 30s we were like oh hang on what happened to me because mm-hmm. you spend your 20s trying to be like ah I don't want to think about what happened to me <laughs> that never happened yeah, <laughs> yeah and I want, I don't know if it's the same with any traumatic incident but definitely with bereavement it take, people get to their 30s and I think I assume it's like you probably maybe get married or you have a child or you buy a house you start thinking oh hang on what life do I want what life didn't I have um so yeah, I didn't get any help until 18 years after he died. And so, and then talking about it as I do now, like to the point where it's relentless, because <laughs> I don't do things by halves, um, has really helped, has really helped. Because I feel like I process so much stuff that I just thought I'd never get over in commas, which now I'd be like, oh yeah, I actually feel okay talking about that. It was before even saying like, oh my dad died used to be like internally oh god what are they going to ask me what are they going to ask me what am I going to say whereas now I'm like yeah I kind of am used to talking about him did you start talking about it before the podcast or was the podcast a nice incentive to start talking about it <laughs> I started talking about it I started trying to talk about it before the podcast so I, I went to well actually backwards I went to my GP with like all these other symptoms like my gums are bleeding and I can't sleep and he was like do you think you're stressed and you have anxiety and it was actually a GP was the first person who said anxiety to me and I was like oh sure yeah that sounds right yeah like I'm, <laughs> yeah I'll tick that box um and then I began the long process of trying to find someone to talk about it which you know as we know if you go by the NHS is amazing that you have that option but is not always quick yep. um so yeah I did start trying to talk about it before the podcast and then the podcast kind of came alongside it I think because I had started talking to someone I started feeling like I could do the podcast without breaking down and I felt more strong about talking about it and then um then I finally found a regular therapist and yeah pretty much the same time as the (laughs) podcast took off and I was like oh these are obviously connected because there's something in sharing stories as well that just makes you feel a bit like less alone isn't it yeah like one of the biggest symptoms of grief same with depression mm-hmm. is isolation and it's really common for people grieving to say like they feel very lonely they feel very isolated and they feel like nobody understands what they're going through mm-hmm. so even if like your best friend is like I'm here for you I want to talk to you I have found from talking to myself talking to myself myself and other people there is nothing so powerful as someone else going yeah me too my dad also died mm-hmm. at 50 my dad had pancreatic cancer um, you know or my sibling had cancer like anything that connects you from what you've been through and it I always feel bad for it because it sounds like 
it's not that if you haven't been through it, you can't help. Of course you can. But like when I spoke to Jack Rook uh, for my podcast, who um, also lost his dad at 16 or 17. Sorry, Jack. Can't remember your exact age. Um, <laughs> it was just incredible because that was the first time I'd spoken to someone in the 18 years, 20 years since my dad had died, who'd been through a similar situation to me. And I found that like so healing when he was like, oh, I did this and I did that. I was like, yes, me too. Oh my God, me too. And you know, we're humans. We want to connect. We want to feel like we're not alone. We're not the only ones feeling this. So I think that's why Griefcast has also been very successful is it's people are able to go, oh, I can connect with you through grief. And I, mm. sometimes I can connect from the exact story. My mum also had that. Yeah. My, I also lost my child. I also lost this. And it just makes you feel like, oh, I'm not the only person who yeah. went through that. That feeling of this is normal. This, this is, is okay. Normal, mm. Yeah. And with grief, because it has so much stigma attached to it, as much as, you know, depression and anxiety do really, I think. People yeah. feel like they don't want to they don't want to bring a downer they don't want to like upset everybody and then all their friends don't want to upset them so like oh don't ask her because i might upset her rather than like if your parents died mm-hmm. you're already upset like you're not gonna make it i always yeah. say to people you're not like my dad's dead you can't make it worse like literally there's no way you can make that even if you say the wrong thing he's still dead mm-hmm. um so it's not gonna you know you accidentally ask me about father's day isn't gonna be like well that's the most painful thing that <laughs> happened you um so you can't you can't really make it worse but you can make it worse by not talking about it because mm-hmm. somebody said to me in one episode that when no one talks to you about your grief it feels like it's too it's too painful for them to carry with you and so if they walk, choose to crop, you know walk on the other side of the road what they're saying is you have to carry that all by yourself it's so awful i can't do it whereas when they come across the road and speak to you even if they carry your backpack for five minutes what they've said is that grief that pain is bearable i carried it for five minutes ago you can eventually carry this for your life mm-hmm. but if no one does that for you you just think oh well human beings are telling me that this is an unbearable pain and I won't, they can't deal with it so I can't deal with it so I think it's so important to realise that you can just carry someone's backpack for five minutes yeah. like it, it doesn't have to be I'm going to be here for the next 50 years of your life <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the dad that you never had like no one wants that god please don't do that um, yeah so just talking about it I mean it's so stupid isn't it it's the biggest cliche going but guys talk about it <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. those weird things especially when you're in a place where you just feel sad and you can't get out of it and you're mm. trapped in that what just feels like that hole it's usually the, the quite simple things that your brain isn't allowing you to think about because yeah. you're so predisposed to thinking about everything <coughs> negative that all the kind of things that could be positive you just don't even consider I know and it's really hard like when you're grieving because you just I'm sure it's the same with depression like you look out and it seems like everybody else is skipping around Mm -hmm. and the sun is shining on everyone else and you don't you've got the cloud you're covered in rain and and it's I think that's why it's so important to speak to people in similar situations because then you can see like oh you have a cloud over your head but you're not you got out of bed and you're dressed (laughs) like and that's what you know because my dad died yeah 20 years ago and people now say that to me of like they're five years in they're like oh but look you're 20 years in and you seem okay I'm like I'm alright <laughs> I'm okay let's not go bonkers yeah, there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the thing of seeing like oh you also have that cloud but it's not destroying you and yeah. obviously it's not you know I said I will say it again again grief isn't a mental illness but um, it's similarities are really bizarre yeah. like it is it really does it really does feel like depression and can then lead to depression because mm-hmm. people are already in that state and so it's very easy for depression to sort of arrive and then become well I already felt awful and now I just continue to feel awful but yeah it doesn't give you much um so frustrating isn't it because it doesn't I think it does in a way tell you what to do because it's always the thing you don't want to do and it's like anything isn't it? it's like do you want to eat the healthy thing no not really but it's like so that's probably the thing you should do mm. and I say this in um I do a lot of improv and I mean, this isn't a great rule for like crossing the road, but like I say, like if your feet don't want to do something, you should do it. <laughs> so like, if your feet don't want to cross the road on a busy highway, don't mm-hmm. do it. But like in improv, if you like don't want to enter a scene because you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, your feet should just ignore your feet, just like go, just start walking. And the same with grief, like if you don't want to get out of bed, like maybe that is the thing you have to do. Like your body does sort of give you the things you don't want to do. Those are normally things you should be doing. <laughs> Completely. And also, we just don't ever let ourselves be sad. Yeah, no. We spend so much time avoiding yeah. it and never sitting with that emotion and just... Who are you, my therapist? Oh. <laughs> That's all she ever says to me. <laughs> Perhaps we need to be sad. I don't want to be sad. That's why I've got all this work on. I'm very busy, so I don't have to be sad. There's no time for it. Um, grief is a... Ma- like, it's an unimaginable sadness. And I think what happens to some people, and definitely happened to me, is like you just you can't face being that sad. So some people obviously go depressed or some people go anxiety, whatever, you can take your pick. <laughs> um, and I think you are so sad for so long that part of picking yourself up is being like, right, I'm not going to be the sad anymore. But then you can keep running with it and be like, I'm never going to be sad yeah. <laughs> ever, ever again. You go the other I, way with it. I figured it out. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, it's really hard because it's just really sad. And I think we don't, we try sometimes we try and fix people I'm sure you've talked about this especially mm. with grief there's quite a, a strong urge to like I want to help Rather, go, you can't help you can't 
you can't fix them you can bring food around you can talk to them you can make sure like they had their sheets are changed you can pick up their kids you can text them on the day before the anniversary like put a note on your phone so you remember when the anniversary is so you text the day before just saying thank you of you like there's lots of little things you can do but you can't take away that sadness and that sadness is something you just have to go through and will continue like as i said i'm you know I'm okay, but I still have bad days because he was my dad and I'm always going to be a bit sad he died. <laughs> like, if I was like, no, now I feel happy about it. It'd be a bit like, oh. But you can also, but I talk about this a lot, you can also feel happy about grief. You can come to a place where you're like, oh, my dad died. Therefore, I am the person I am and I actually like the person I am. So it's not that I am pleased that he died, but I appreciate what life gave me and have made those choices. Yeah. I mean, it's a complicated issue to bring up <laughs> I'm happy he went guys that's what I'm saying <laughs> sorry dad plot twist yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love the idea that the small gestures idea that really sticks yeah. with me all the time because one of the nicest things anyone ever did for me was I was going through a really bad stage of depression where I hadn't left my house in about two weeks and mm. I wasn't getting changed I wasn't eating anything properly my friends I just wasn't responding to my friends messages so my friend sent me a takeaway oh, and I had it delivered to my door and then nice. just asked the delivery driver can you just make sure he's okay yeah. and just give me a text afterwards and that's all he did he made sure I had food in the house and that I was there so and it was nice. just meant that so much so to me nice. and it's just like those little things that people can do it's just kind of checking in and yeah. like letting other people know that there is someone there that gives a shit because yeah, when is. you are in those kind of deep moments and you, it is isolation it's so difficult to think that anyone else out there yeah. like cares or is worried and you I think when you're depressed or when you're grieving you're thinking big as well you're like yeah. how can someone take this away rather than no they can just say I'm here mm -hmm. like and you're like I want this to go I want someone to come and make this all disappear and it's like no one can do that but they can check in and be like yeah that's such a nice story someone said on the show the other day um, their mum died and they had to go back home and sort shit out and he was a really messy per like disgustingly messy and he was coming back to the house in London thinking oh god and he said his male flatmate had just just tidied up his bedroom <laughs> and he just came into a room and was like oh I didn't have to sort shit out before I just fell into bed mm -hmm. and he was like it's the nicest thing that anyone has ever done for me and then something that really struck me Kaylee Llewellyn her episode she lost six members of her family in a year wow. it's such a, a good inverted commas uh, episode because she's so it's just a she's just incredibly powerful the way mm. she talks about what happened to her and her best friend Matt did something really amazing and that she, he said like do you want me to come round and she said oh, I'm not doing it. I'm just staring at a wall and he said well I'll just come and stare at it with you so they just mm -hmm. spent the night sat on the sofa like just next to each other both looking at the same wall and I was like you think you have to do so much you mm -hmm. know you think I have to take someone's pain away but imagine if all you have to do is be present mm -hmm. and just make sure that when they are in the pit and all they can do is stare at a blank wall thinking what the fuck's happened to me you're just there being like yeah mm -hmm. I know what the fuck's happened to you this thing. is awful people think they have to to save you yeah. come in and like rescue you and I'm like you can't like no. you, you can't and that's tough for the other person to deal with as yeah. well because like say if it's my boyfriend he's like but I want to make this better and I'm like but you can't but you can you can change the bed and you can do all these tiny little yeah. things you can you can cook tonight you can you can just sit on the sofa and hold my hand I think people forget that like say just it's just little things that need doing you can't you can't carry me out of this pit single-handedly but you can put some little footsteps yeah. in place for me to just lift up a little bit my flatmate old flatmate 
I came in, she changed my bed and she'd ran me a bath and put oh. a big, I had shitty little threadbare towel. She'd put a big fluffy oh. clean towel on the radiator and she just went, get in the bath, get in the bath. And we didn't have a lock on the door at the time. She went, the boys know you're in the bath. They're not going to disturb you. Get in the bath. And I came out and I wrapped myself in this big fluffy towel Got and then got into clean sheets. Oh, and I was like, so good. just <laughs> one little evening, like it, it didn't fix everything. But for one night I was like, Oh, this is okay. Yeah. Oh, this it was like seeing a little sort of torch beam of light through yeah. the little tunnel and I was like, This this is gonna be okay. This so, is know, gonna be okay. Phone's really low on battery. You know, you can charge it for five minutes and it gives you like, Oh, I've just got enough to get home. I've mm-hmm. just got enough. and that's when people do these nice things, you're like, Okay, that gives me just enough to get through the next week, the next day, the next mm-hmm. hour. Because you're like especially when it comes to grief, like you can't replace a death you can't mm-hmm. you can't do that and you shouldn't like we have to accept we're all going to die that's part of life this is the problem is we don't talk about it so when it happens it's like oh my god someone died it's it shouldn't we shouldn't have that reaction we should be like of course they did they're a human mm-hmm. that's exactly what was supposed to happen <laughs> so it's really important to know you're not going to take grief away ever and you shouldn't grief is something is a process that is important to do, to go through but yeah like you said you can just Give a little foothold, mm-hmm. throw down a bit of like rope. little power ups in a video game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not gonna get to the end of the level in one go, yeah. but if I can just get to this checkpoint, then I'll be fine for another few the hours. Yeah, and I'll, yeah, and I'll yeah. start again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> because you um, talk about grief quite a lot, obviously, in your day to day life and I in your love work, it. Yep. Uh, do you take any steps to kind of, first of all, does it ever just get a bit too much for you? <laughs> and second of all, if it does, yes. how, how do you? like look after yourself in those situations yeah (laughs) as somebody with anxiety who does too much (laughs) um it took me a while to notice that it was affecting me so um yeah i i definitely started i was recording too many grief casts in a week and i found that really difficult because you just grief is obviously massive and it's important but it shouldn't be 100% of your life Mm because that is equally as as bad as you know I'm 100% happy all the time Mm. so I I've just tried to make rules for myself along the way so now I don't do two in a day because that's way too depressing (laughs) Um, I try not to do more than three a week I try and do two a week max I find that's really helpful I have an editor um, who like so it means I don't when I was editing it myself I was having to listen to myself talk about my grief for six hours <laughs> and then literally hear you know like going then my dad died then my dad died then my dad died I mean like oh god like I, why am I having to hear this in such detail so that's really helped um, and then um, I did a, a talk with a, a girl called Beth who set up an amazing um, it's not a charity yet it will be a charity called Let's Talk About Loss which is for young people who've been bereaved and um, she had lots of people around her who were, I think she's in, she's in her early 20s, her mum just died, and she's setting up networks where if you're a young person who's bereaved, you can meet, they've got them in Nottingham and Bristol and London at the moment, and you can go to the pub with other people who've like lost their, you know, recently been bereaved and just have a, a drink. The idea being like, you know, the, you can still talk about normal mm-hmm. young stuff without being like, oh, but also you know how I feel because it was the anniversary today, yeah, I get you. Um, and she had all these people around who were like, we need to look after Beth because this is a really huge thing and she's having to deal with everyone else's grief. <laughs> the way they were talking about it, I was like, I should be doing that for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. So um, they had set like out of office email. That was a massive thing for me. I now have an out of office on the grief cast email. Something small as that because I get amazing emails from people who are 
very sad and perhaps haven't told anyone anything so I get very long detailed emails of they have a grief story that they don't feel they can share so they share it with me which I feel very privileged to receive but if you get 10 of those in one in one hour it can be like quite overwhelming so now I just have an out of office email that just says like I'm I'm sorry here are the charities like if you've lost a child these are the charities that are really great if you've lost a parent this is good and here's Samaritans like here's cruise bereavement care and something as small as that made me feel like because sometimes when I don't if you have this if you talk about something a lot you feel like oh I'm the patron saint of grief right now mm-hmm. so yep. I don't want to let everybody down because also you know that's another thing to beat myself mm-hmm. up with isn't it like I'm not only am I the patron saint of it I'm not even doing it very well <laughs> so they might take my sainthood away from me I'm not even going to get a day yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly um, and it's important to remember you're not you're not a saint you know you're just a human so yeah. I try and wherever possible cut down that and be like no I'm just somebody whose dad died like that's it and is good at talking that's it yeah. so I'm not your saviour and I think you should go to therapy <laughs> like, just try and yeah so small things really small things it's a beautiful symptom of anxiety isn't it just yeah. wanting to help everyone Hello. else because you are putting off looking after you yourself yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's but also you know how it feels yeah. so you, you you can be I think people with anxiety are quite empathetic yeah mm-hmm. so really you're like oh that's how I felt I felt like oh let me help you I'm so oh my god like if somebody comes up like, oh, this is what you need to do. This, 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 this. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I'm hearing myself going, I do none of none those of things. This. <laughs> yeah, I do literally none of those things. Make sure you go to bed and don't stay up late. You need to get your sleep. Mm-hmm. There's me at one in the morning still writing emails to people <laughs> who's some so-and-so has died. So, but I try and um, just hear it. You know, when you just hear the alarm, I just try and catch them, which therapy has massively helped. I feel like I am only able to hear them because I'm in therapy um, and ha- yeah, have been for years now. What a funny sentence I've only just said that <laughs> um, and when you try and hear the alarm so now like when it got bad with the emails I was like right you have to do something about it stop hearing that like nah, 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 you're not okay mm. and then the out of office was like it sounds so stupid but it was like a game changer yeah. I just felt like I didn't have to feel bad for letting down all the people of grief like you know the patron saying has an out of office now guys <laughs> so because I had to start doing the same thing. Because I leave my DMs open on Twitter oh, all the yes, time. See, I don't know how you do that. No, I, I mean, a lot of it's just an abuse, which is yeah, which yeah. is fine <laughs> enough. Um, but I do get like I wrote a article about suicide a few years ago, and I got a lot of stories in my DMs mm. afterwards, and I read them all in one night, and mm. I was just <clears throat> drunk in the kitchen, oh, just God. like didn't really know what was going on, felt miserable, and woke up the next day and just had to. I replied to a couple, and usually I start with, "I'm not a mental health professional. Yeah. I'm a fucking idiot." Yeah. However. Um, but then the next day I just had to kind of go I'm really really like yeah. sorry I can't help you right now I need to look like I need to look after myself <laughs> not in those terms obviously but no but you have to put going, your oxygen mask on yeah, first and like you say it's, but you it's do. giving the charity names it's making sure they have a lifeline yeah. that there is a, a support network there in place yeah. but you do need to look after yourself because people can be so altruistic that they are just wanting to help mm-hmm. everyone else yeah. and you forget to look after yourself it's about anxiety you are empathetic and love a project oh love yeah. a project love, a love project. it <laughs> yeah. then I don't have to think about me and my son yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with you let's sit down and it, the thing with ang- people with anxiety like we love to fix mm-hmm. yeah. because then maybe I can fix myself <laughs> I love to fix and it was funny my husband lost his um, dad and his mum since we've been together and you know, there was me, Mrs. Grief, like re- totally ready to deal with it. And when his dad died, I was, I got this. I've been there. His mum died. I was like, I need to fix you. Mm-hmm. Like I went full Chris Martin on him. I was just like, <laughs> and I found it 
so hard that I couldn't take his pain away. Mm-hmm. I found it like unbelievably difficult journey for me. And that was really interesting as someone who's like, oh, why don't people know how to deal with grief? And now having seen it from both sides, you go, it's sometimes really hard. Mm-hmm. You want to make it better so badly. Yeah, um, yeah and I, the DMs as well. It, and you don't want to discourage people from contacting you because it no. sounds mm-hmm. ungrateful. It sounds like, oh my God, stop hassling me. <laughs> but there are often times when, like you said, it's you're just the, such the wrong person to talk to. Like they clearly need something else. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's why it's amazing that these charities exist. And often with grief, people don't realise, especially like child bereavement now, there is for children who have been bereaved and people who have lost children. Like there is so many amazing, like Winston's Wish and Grief Encounter and Child Bereavement UK. Um, I think that's all of them. Like there's, you know, even Marie Curie offer a service. Like there was so much stuff that wasn't around when I was a teenager that now I'm like, I just want this resource to just be mm-hmm. available to people because you go, there is actually someone who can help you. It's definitely not a comedian yeah. living in North London <laughs> who's, who's watching way too much Netflix. Yeah. Like, I am definitely not who you should be approaching. But often it's that signposting that's needed as well because yeah. these charities mm-hmm. are out there. There are so many brilliant charities, especially for young people nowadays, yeah. which, which didn't exist when I was going through oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. But very few people know they're out there. Yeah. You have to signpost them. If you're them, in you that to... state, the last thing you want to do is not in a lazy way but you're like I don't want to sit and troll the internet and look like so it can sometimes feel like you know deep down those things are out there but you're like I don't have the energy to get out of bed let alone to try and google who to help me Mm. like no and it sometimes feels like such a massive google doesn't it it's Mm -hmm. like you want to literally google how do I feel better yeah and then so much weird shit comes up (laughs) (laughs) that's not why how can I admit this to google if I can't admit it to myself (laughs) and that's what I love like I'm very active on the griefcast twitter and I find that really that is for twitter a really nice experience because it, it's other griefters as we call ourselves <laughs> helping each other so if somebody's like we call it like the dmc's the dead mum club so <laughs> we just had mother's day and so i was like okay everyone use the hashtag dmc and then i wasn't even involved people were just like oh it's my first mother's day without my mum i feel awful and then people were like i'm mm-hmm. 20 years in have you tried this have you tried this have you read this book there's this group near you oh there's a meetup happening i'm like you know the amazing thing about social media like you have it is so awful sometimes and then mm-hmm. at exactly the same moment you're like fuck these people would not have found each other yeah. and here they all are on mother's day helping each other and mothering each other because their mums are dead and it's just like yeah like it's so amazing to watch because the, you said those resources are, are hard to find mm-hmm. sometimes it's like sarah millican at christmas oh, does I hashtag join in which is so amazing. wonderful and sometimes i look at the hashtag and obviously I'm very lucky that I've got my family and I have lovely Christmases but sometimes I do try and reply to just a couple yeah, of yeah. people or I'll I'll do not like a rubbing it in the face like I'm having a lovely but I'll try and write a joke about something that's gone wrong that day or something that's because I'm like yeah it's such a lovely sort of tool for people to just feel a bit a bit more part of something yeah. which is nice well like I said the biggest thing you feel is isolated mm-hmm. you feel isolation and you feel like nobody understands so when you've got people going oh no no I feel the same I feel exactly the same mm-hmm. like, oh okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. well that feeling can go that's nice <laughs> and I think once the isolation goes you notice other stuff so you're like oh I feel sad actually I don't just feel alone I feel sad why do I feel sad oh I feel sad because of this mm-hmm. oh right and I think the isolation is often like the icing it it, it blankets out everything doesn't it Cause you think, well no one understands me I'm completely alone you don't look at any other feelings you're just thinking well everyone else gets it everyone else is having a fucking great time and I'm not but they're not. No, <laughs> they're not. No one is. They're not. Don't worry, guys. Everybody knows someone who's died. <laughs> <laughs> 
but that was my first kind of um, exploration into that sense of community mm. on Twitter when I just finally wrote a post about how shit I was feeling <laughs> and so many people came back saying yeah I've been there or yeah, yeah I'm going through that at the moment or like you say read this book or have you tried this or like there's this forum and it's just like there is still on social media like Twitter gets a bad rap nowadays because mm-hmm. there are Nazis and stuff on it which is important <laughs> um, and they should they go away they do ruin bloody they, they get in fucking Nazis <laughs> they ruin marches uniforms <laughs> now Twitter but when if you do put something heartfelt and genuine out, people will respond in a yeah. genuine and heartfelt mm-hmm. way, and the people will like support each other. That's what I found with, when I started Griefcast. I honestly thought maybe ten people will listen. Probably only people whose dads have died. Like I thought, oh, who's gonna want? Who's gonna want to listen to this? And I was just overwhelmed by people being like, "Oh, thank you for talking about this. Thank you for." being vulnerable and putting this out there I feel the same and I just didn't know everybody else wanted this conversation because that's how I always felt it's like I want to talk about my dad but I don't want to bring everybody down and Mm -hmm. nobody knows what to ask me and it's always a bit weird and then once you start talking about it and talking about how you talk about it suddenly everyone's like oh great yeah great I wanted to I just wasn't sure you wanted to and you're like yes so yeah it's yeah, I think podcasts are equally, again, an, an amazing way of connecting. And as humans, that's all we really want is to be connected with each other. If you could go back in time yeah. and give like your younger self, <laughs> we're, giving, we're giving the average age as like whatever age you think you could have taken it in and understood right. it. Uh, any advice on mental health or living like without misery what would you tell yourself (laughs) oh let's see how this one goes yeah 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 (laughs) yeah like go back to when she's 14 I'm like start talking to him now (laughs) I know you think he's a dick but honestly you have only about six months left time is short yeah time is short guys yeah I don't know I suppose because obviously yeah he died when I was 15 so it's such a like when you lose someone lose when someone dies when you're a teenager it's it's a really complicated issue because you're not really a person you know what I mean you're still figuring out who you are and then the people that you're supposed to be rebelling against aren't there anymore so it's very complicated um but I think I would oh god yeah I wouldn't go back before 15 probably (laughs) I might pop back to see him and then go back forward um I think I would just I would try and tell myself to to talk to try and talk a bit more because my fear was that I was so afraid of how upset I was that I thought if I start talking I'm I'll become hysterical and I won't be able to stop I didn't know I just thought this is so big I'll start crying I'll be you know snot crying gibbling mm-hmm. and then I won't be able to stop and that they'll put me away for the rest of my life I'll be like, <laughs> and what I didn't realize is once you start and you cry a bit it then stops mm-hmm. but if you never open that door you're so afraid the door don't open the door don't open the door because it will all come pouring out so I think I would say like just open it for five minutes talk then close it mm-hmm. like you don't again we don't have to fix everything you don't have to like get all your grief out in one go but you can it's okay to open the door to that pain very briefly in a safe environment with people that you trust um, and then you and they will then teach you how to close it and feel mm-hmm. okay because I think for a long time I just thought no that door should stay shut (laughs) that will be locked for the rest of my life (laughs) to keep everybody safe it's like brain feng shui yeah yeah (laughs) move some things around yeah looks a bit better open the door close it again yeah we hope you can take something from this podcast away with you in your day to day life 
Whatever situation you're in, you're not by yourself. We can share our stories, share our experiences. We can help each other know that things do get better. All the money we make from ads from this podcast goes to Calm, Campaign Against Living Miserably. If you have a spare quid, please feel free to donate to Calm by going to dave.uktv.co.uk forward slash Calm. We've been Aaron Gillis and Lauren Patterson, and that's the end of the show. Uh, thanks to Dave for letting us make this, Calm for being brilliant, all of our guests, and you, because without you listening to this, it's just the two of us sat with a microphone talking nonsense to terrified comedians. Anyway, bye! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Would you give your mum, dad, aunt, or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos, and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do, tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum, Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell, and dad, Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising people. <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone, a Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel.